Hello, I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to all our attendees on this very first day of content at CPHI Discover. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Farmer Editor at Inform Markets, and in today's special podcast, which is part of our mini-series on formulation approaches and techniques, we centre firmly on the subject of hot melt extrusion. While hot melt extrusion was developed in the 1930s and initially used in the plastics and food sectors, the pharma industries now firmly embrace this technology platform as a way of solving formulation challenges. Advantages of the approach include the ability to use a wide range of excipients and the ease with which process analytical technology can be incorporated. And in this podcast, we're going to explore how HME is developed as a proven technology for bioavailability enhancement of poorly soluble APIs, as well as drug eluting implants and devices, and how it stacks up against other formulation options in terms of scalability in order to deliver high quality commercialized pharmaceutical products. And with me today to share his undoubted expertise in this subject is Dr. Bruce Frank, Vice President Operations and Client Services at Lubrizol Life Science Health, otherwise known as LLS Health. But Bruce has been leading project management, product development and client relations at LLS Health since 2007. His scientific background is in organic chemistry with 30 years of experience leading discovery chemistry and project management efforts in both large publicly traded companies and small biotech firms. Prior to joining LLS Health, he was Director of Discovery Chemistry at FMC Corporation, where he directed over 40 medicinal and analytical chemistry scientists on site and overseas. Bruce, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the CPHI Discover podcast. Thanks, Gareth. We're really pleased to be here. Thanks. So, Bruce, to delve straight into the matter at hand, hot melt extrusion, it's a reasonably well-known processing technology. Obviously, it's widely used in the plastic, rubber and food industries and dates back to the 1930s. Can you briefly explain to us first how the process works? So the hot melt extrusion process involves the melting of polymers by the combination of heat and high shear and then pushing that melted polymer called extrusion through a dye to create a product with the appropriate shape and dimensions. In pharmaceuticals, the drug is incorporated into the melted polymer, either through powder mixing or mixing the drug into the melted polymer directly prior to the hot melt extrusion. And what are the main benefits of HME, which makes it suitable for pharmaceutical formulation and manufacturing? Um, What are its main applications within the pharma industry currently? Well, there are many advantages of hot melt extrusion or HME as a formulation and manufacturing format. It provides the ability to create products with controlled release properties, high drug loading with specific dimensional control, amorphous solid dispersions with improved dissolution properties, and so on. On the manufacturing side, scale-up is very straightforward and batch sizes can be quite large. It also avoids the use of organic solvents that can be difficult to remove completely from the final products. Yes, it's obviously a huge advantage if there are no big issues with scale-up. What have been the key drivers of the increase in use of uh, hot melt extrusion in pharmaceutical applications, Bruce? Well, the increase in the number of drug candidates the drug themselves with poor solubility has necessitated the adoption of strategies that increase the bioavailability of the drug in vivo. HME provides one such solution by incorporating the drug as an amorphous solid dispersion or solid-solid solution in the polymer. 
This increases the rate of solubilization of the drug along with the potential of controlling when and where the drug is released. Another area of application of HME is in the area of drug-eluting devices, such as subcutaneous implants, ocular implants, and drug-eluting intravaginal rings and IUDs for contraception or even HIV prevention. Drug release profiles of either single or multiple drugs can be finely tuned and greatly extended through the selection of polymer matrix, drug loading, and implant design. And in terms of the equipment, Bruce, as I understand it, that there are two types of extruders. There's a single and twin screw extruders. Can you briefly explain what an extruder is and what it looks like? And which is the generally preferred type of extruder for producing pharmaceutical formulations? Well, the heart of the extruder is a heated metal screw that turns in a metal barrel. The advantage of the twin screw is the high shear provided that can effectively mix drug into the polymer. The advantage of the single screw extruder is the control of the conditions required to produce the product with consistent dimensions. So within the extruder barrel, the screw is heated to melt the polymer and different sections of the screw can be selected to control processing of the polymer. The different sections of the screw are assembled to create melting and mixing zones to create a homogeneous mixture of drug in the polymer along with conveyance zones to move the polymer through. The drug and polymer can be added separately, called twin feeding, or as a homogeneous mixture prepared ahead of time. In some processes, that drug-polymer mixture is prepared by hot melt extrusion using the twin screw extruder. The filament that's extruded is then typically chopped into pellets in line with the extruder to provide drug-loaded material for the final product extrusion. These drug-loaded pellets are then typically fed into a single screw extruder to provide the final product as a strand or filament or even a film or a tube with the desired dimensions. And material selection is key to the development of a successful product. Um, what kind of polymers best suited for hot melt extrusion for pharmaceutical application, Bruce? The material selection is critical. The selection of materials depends on a number of factors, the type of formulation, for example, oral or implant, the desired duration and rate of drug release, the drug itself, and any number of other factors, such as the desire for biodegradation of the polymer rather than surgical extraction of an implant. For oral solid dosage forms, typical polymers include polyvinyl alcohol, polyvinyl pyrrolidone, vinyl pyrrolidone, vinyl acetate copolymer, polyethylene glycols, as well as waxes such as carnauba wax, cellulose-derived polymers such as ethyl cellulose, uh, and polyacrylates such as orgicates. Um, often combinations of these are used to aid manufacturing and drug release properties. For implants and devices, specifically for biostable implants or devices, such as IUDs or vaginal rings, and some subcutaneous implants, the most used polymer types for HME are thermoplastic polyurethanes, or TPUs, and ethylene vinyl acetate copolymers, or EVAs. While EVAs have a longer history of use in these devices, for example, in the contraceptive vaginal ring nuvering, TPUs offer a greater variety of options for polymers with different physicochemical properties and afford the opportunity to match the polymer with the drug to achieve the desired results. The use of biodegradable polymers such as polylactic acid, polyglycolic acid, and their copolymers called PLGAs, along with polycaprolactone, allows one to extend the duration of drug release in vivo for long periods of time 
without needing to remove the implant when the drug is exhausted, as would be the case with TPUs or EVAs. One important advantage of such implants is to increase patient compliance, as the user need not remember to take a pill or return to a medical office for an injection during the lifetime of the implant. The duration could be as much as a year or even longer. So it sounds like HME ticks a lot of boxes in terms of solving various formulation challenges and for producing products with the desired controlled release properties, etc. One question I do have for you, Bruce, is does HME have any disadvantages? Well, the main disadvantage is the use of heat and high shear stress during manufacturing. Although the time the drug sees these conditions is relatively short, on the order of two to three minutes, thermally sensitive APIs drugs may not be candidates for the process. Notably, biological molecules such as nucleic acids, proteins, and antibodies may be degraded or denatured during processing. And finally, Bruce, what does the future hold for HME in the pharmaceutical sector? I mean, is there any scope for newer applications? Well, due to the increased interest in addressing extended release of drugs in order to simplify and improve patient compliance and drug costs, the use of HME to manufacture the types of products discussed here is expected to continue to grow. With the advantage of high throughput, reliable scale-up, robust polymer supply, and many untapped opportunities for extended release, we expect to see a continuation of the growth in the use of HME in the coming years. Bruce, it's been a great pleasure talking to you today. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Gareth. It's been a pleasure. That's it for today's CPHI Discover podcast. To find out what else is available in our packed schedule of content for this huge virtual event, please do head to cphi.com. Have a great day ahead and thanks for listening. Thank you.